The wait is over. The Walking Dead is back. Don't miss the extended 10th season featuring six new episodes, each focused on different favorite characters. Get ready for high-stakes showdowns, emotional reckonings, and more info about your favorite Walking Dead survivors. Start watching the latest season today and catch new episodes of season 10 early with AMC+. From season binges and exclusive content to early access to new episodes, the best Walking Dead experience is only on AMC+. Get lost in the Walking Dead universe today. Available ad-free and on demand. Sign up at amcplus.com. AMC Plus, only the good stuff. Hey, it's Mark Roberts. Uh, we're here on Let's Get Into Entertainment. The business of entertainment, Mr. Roberts. And that's what's up, Dave. When did we add Tootie Rinks to the begin to Let's Get Into Entertainment? <laughs> what do you mean when did we add it? I, who created the damn show? Well, it's you, you and I but... are going to step outside after uh, the show. You know that, right? Oh, boy. You're all pale. Look I'll... at the wig. You're all. <laughs> <laughs> The wig is all jacked up right now. Hang on, hang on. Let me get the wig straight. Yeah, there you go. There, there you go. Okay. go. It's all crazy. It, this is the business of entertainment. We talk about the business of entertainment, all its different facets. We've had some really great shows during the holidays, yeah. I think. Today, we're going to be talking to Joaquin Elizondo. Yeah. Now, Joaquin uh, started as a, a uh, cameraman. Most importantly, he's from Chula Vista like me, Robert. Is he really? He's, yeah, he's born oh, that's and raised awesome. in Chula Vista. That's awesome. Mexicano. So much talent. So much talent. Me, and, Lopez... Alarcon's from there. Yeah. Come on, lots of people came out of uh, out of San Diego, man. Yeah, Chula That's Vista a- in particular. Don't say San Diego; it's a big place. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you want to go on. Chula Vista specific? Yeah, Chula Vista. National my, my city. My mom's from Tijuana. So National city. Um, but Joaquin Elizondo started as a cameraman, a director of photography, and now he's uh, he's an editor. Which, by the way, is an amazing transition, right? Because you know camera angles, you know what you need to get so that you can cut a movie correctly. So hopefully, I want to ask him whether or not he has conversations with his directors of course. And, you know, and people like that. about. He's what an he asset needs. to a film. Oh, yeah. Huge the, asset. Editors are major. Uh, you know, look, without, you know, you know, you know, without of a great course. editor, you can't finish your movie. They could make or break it. We, we're going to be talking to Joaquin Elizondo about his career and about what he's doing now, because right now he's working on one of my favorite shows, man. Yeah. He's working on Narcos Mexico. Narcos, by the way, has been a juggernaut. It's been an amazing show. Your friend was on it as an actor yeah, the first yeah, season. He yeah. was amazing. Yeah, you told me to go write Santana, and I did. And yeah. he wants to make it. He actually has somebody lined up. We're talking about Mo. We're talking about Maurice Compte, Maurice Compte who yeah. is also going to be on the show. So, look, when we get back, we're talking to Joaquin. Hang in there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Let's Get Into Entertainment. We're going to get right into it with Joaquin Elizondo because I've been drinking too much tequila and it's time to get into it. <laughs> uh, Joaquin, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, guys. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. It's exciting. This is the power of social media. Met Joaquin on uh, IG. Had had some sim- things that are some similar, familiar, same same area. You know, obviously he's way more talented than me, but hey, what am I, you know? It's all good. Hey, it's all relative. It's all relative. Been like my pictures of carne asada fries and California burritos that might have caught your attention in real life. <laughs> it was actually no, it was actually tacos de gordo down in Tijuana that caught. I was like, oh damn, I, I missed that place. The best uh, taco shops are in San Diego. Joaquin, so we were talking a little bit about the things that you do. You're a cinematographer. You're an editor on Narcos now. How did you get your start? What made you get into entertainment? Uh, well, I mean, initially, when I got a graduate uh, from the University of Michigan, I came back to San Diego. And at that point, I wanted to work in film. I guess what I wanted to do. But I, I got to San Diego and I just didn't know how to do it. 
and I just kind of started working in um, in uh, local news as a cameraman. And on the side, I would do like documentaries, like music videos, stuff like that. Um, always had a desire to work in film, but just like I said, didn't know how to do it. Didn't have any contacts, and just kind of you know, I, I think I got comfortable just kind of you know working in broadcast media. It was fine, but then like at the after a while, I just kind of didn't feel kind of creatively fulfilled, and so. I left San Diego, went to New York, just kind of to pursue bigger projects, still kind of shooting more. I mean, shooting and editing. I, 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 was, I mean, I would edit my own footage, but I was focusing on being in a, a DP. And so I went to New York and started working on just bigger kind of national projects. But still had that film bug and then uh, eventually made it to L.A. And then that's where I decided to pursue a career or transition to a career in, in, in film and scripted TV shows. Yeah. Did you have contacts when you got to L.A.? Did you have people that you can call? No contacts. No, no, no contacts. I, I, I didn't know like how does work because, you know, like these films like on, or sorry, these jobs like on, on films or, or scripted shows, like, I mean, they're not like on the, you, you don't find them like online. There's no like, you know, official website or anything. So it really is about contacts, who you know. And, and no, I didn't have any contacts. Didn't know anyone in LA. And so just kind of had to figure it out. Wow. This is what gets interesting. So, so when you got to LA and you were trying to figure out how to maneuver yourself, what, what, what were the steps you took to, towards meeting people? Like, well, how, how did you make it happen? Um, well, I mean, like first, like when I, when I, when I got to LA, I, I started, I wanted to work, um, like I said, in film, but then like, I was still, I realized that I, I needed to obviously make money at least. And, and you know, I had, I got there with no job. And so I was getting, it was very tough. LA was very tough. Like it was very competitive, more so than New York. And I think like when I came from New York, I was like maybe a little too confident about you know because I had a good uh, a good career, successful career uh, in New York. Got to LA and it was the complete opposite. Very difficult, very competitive. Eventually, I it really figured out that it was about networking, which I had really never done before. Like I never paid never paid attention to really you know just kind of develop a network and, and focus my attention on meeting people and establishing relationships. And I quickly realized that that this industry is built on that. Yeah. And so just started kind of going to first like to kind of meetups, like post-production meetups. There was a couple of post-production like uh, groups that were on like Facebook that would meet up every once in a while. Yeah. Just meeting people, talking to people and also just figuring out how to properly do it. Like it wasn't just about like, hey, what's up? My name is Joaquin. I'm looking for a job. Like I realized that it was about, all right, I got to like, really build relationships. This was pre-social media, right? Facebook, Twitter. Not as it is right now, right? I mean, like there's, there's, and there's, there weren't that many like resources for like, say, like networking resources. Yeah. Um, it was still a lot of like going to mixers and, you know, you just kind of heard a word of mouth kind of. Yeah. But then, yeah, eventually, like, I mean, once Facebook kind of picked up and you saw a lot of groups going to Facebook and Instagram, Twitter and stuff like that eventually. But before, no, it was just kind of like going to actual like meetings. Or even like screenings, you know, like whatever, go to a film festival yeah. and just kind of start talking to people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how you got to do it. I think, mm. um, I think if you have talent, you get that first gig and people start to feel comfortable with you. You know, during this pandemic, I started uh, the Hollywood Editing Mentor Program, which is kind of, it it's a mentorship program for aspiring editors. Um, and that's based on my experience on trying to break into Hollywood. And so basically it's like, you know, what I learned from committing all my mistakes, right? And that's what I teach people um, or what I learned from them. That's great. Making man. those mistakes. But what I realized was that I was paying a lot of attention to like, say, my technical skills, what I have, what the software that I knew and all that stuff, which is fine. Of course, you know, you got to know what you're doing. But I quickly realized that it was about like just getting along with people. And it's because especially in editing, post-production, like you're working with people for, you know, a good 10, 12 hours, sometimes more. And so you want to work with someone that you can actually get along with. Right. You're, you're in a room, literally like in a dark room working for you know hours. 
And so people, I think in the post community, especially like look for just people to get along with, like, you know, because you're going to be working together, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be collaborating for, for many hours, you know, per day. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so tell me how you got the call for Narcos. Like, how did that happen? That was it's pretty interesting. Uh, I was, you know, like I said, I was, I was trying to find work in LA. I, you know, I had been editing all my life. Uh, I was not getting any calls in LA. I mean, not even like to be an assistant, like nothing. It was, it was rough. It was a good year of like not being able to find work. And then um, eventually I, there was a, a post on Facebook for a, a Spanish documentary on Netflix and they were looking for editors. And uh, I sent like a message to the producer and um, never heard back. I'm like, all right, whatever. Then I, I think I saw on staff me for something, one of those job sites, I saw like they were looking for an assistant editor again for this documentary. I applied for as an assistant editor because again, I just needed to work. Mm. I just, whatever, I need money. Applied as an assistant editor, did not get that job. So I was 0 for 2. The VP of Post called me like a week later, said, Hey, man, like, I know you, you know, this might not be for you, but I'm looking for a, a post uh, coordinator. Uh, I know you might not be interested in it, but if not, then maybe you know someone. And at the time, someone close to me said, Hey, you know what? You need to like, y- you need to work. Like, you need to just take a job, go out there and meet people. And who cares what, you know, if it's not what you want, but you just need to work. I'm like, You're right. And so I took the, the job. Down the line, I was I became an assistant on that that uh, documentary. It was the day I met El Chapo on Netflix. Oh yeah, yeah. So about the Quito Castillo, El yeah. Chapo, you know, thing with Sean Penn. And so months after I wrapped on that gig, I get a random email, and it says, uh, "Hey, Joaquin, I uh, saw you worked on the day I met El Chapo. Was wondering if you could share your researchers' contact info for our show. Didn't say what show, but at the bottom, like in the this producer's signature, it said Narcos Productions." I'm like, oh, let me look. Let me jump on IMDb. And so, yeah, sure enough, this producer was from Narcos. And so I sent him the, the name of, of our researcher. But then I said, P.S. I said, hey, if you need an assistant, let me know. And so the guy responds uh, and says, hey, do you speak Spanish? And are you in the union? And I say, yes. It's like, can you meet on Monday? So I met on Monday and I got the job. But that's how I found Narcos Mexico. Like, wow. uh, or that's how they found me. Yeah, but it yeah. was like a random, just kind of like, you know, I never I guess I never thought that this one documentary where I did not want to take the job would eventually lead me to like pretty much kind of like one of my like guess my dream job because yeah. Narcos Mex- Narcos was just one of my favorite shows before we even Narcos Mexico. That's like, come on. And then and then it's in and then in Mexico, me being from Mexico, like I mean it was yeah. just like, you know, and it had, you know, Diego Luna. I mean, just overall I was like, what what just happened? You know, how did this happen? You know? Yeah. And then yeah, I was an assistant on there because I had to I had to become an assistant to kind of get my foot on the door. And then kind of, you know, then I got bumped up to editor, you know, within on the third season. So it was just kind of like, I just never thought that would ever happen through, say, taking this other job that I didn't want. You know, what's crazy is we all have these mechanisms about how we hear things. And you were telling the story about like, oh, hey, you just need to work and that you had gone for editor and then you got it for assistant <laughs> and then they offer you the supervisor job, right? I feel it. I feel there's a, like the hair stands up on the back of my neck thinking about how many times I've not wanted to do things. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just have to jump in, put your head down and go to work. Even if it's not what you feel you're worthy of, you know, which is, which is an odd thing to say, but I think a lot of us feel like, Hey, I'm worthy of more than I'm trying to do here. Uh, but sometimes just showing your worth and, and, you know, and, and being bold. I think what, what was really bold about what you did was that you sent an email and you also said, Hey, by the way, if you're looking for somebody, you know, which was, <laughs> which was, 
you know, it, just a little simple throwaway line there. They, they could have said nothing. They could have said uh, uh, what they said. And, and then it gave you an opportunity, which ended up uh, bringing you to uh, a dream scenario on, a, on an amazing show. So I just want to say, look, if you're listening, the road to what you, it is that is your dream uh, is sometimes not always a direct line. Um, you know, we call that huevos. Con huevos, cabrón. Uh, well. And I'm glad you mentioned that because, um, yeah, for example, like, first of all, like, what, you're talking about the emails and writing PS. Like, I, I sat there at the computer, like, with the whatever mouse, the cursor yeah. blinking, and I'm like, should I write this? Or should I, I mean, like, should I do this? And I said, what do you got? I mean, like, what's, what can happen? Like, it's just, hey, don't, don't reply or what? Ah, whatever, here you go, boom, send it. Because, I mean, I had nothing to lose, right? Yeah. And so I think over time, I've realized that I've learned that I'm like, what is there to lose? And also just simply like, kind of mentioned earlier on, it's like kind of just, and I always tell this to people, my students, it's like kind of just closing your eyes and jumping, right? Yeah. It's like, cause you never gonna know you got to just kind of take that risk. And so I think eventually um, I learned to k- get over that fear of like taking risks. And I think, in, especially in a place like LA, you have to do that. Yeah. You know what? Uh-huh. It's so, it's so powerful what you're saying. And I, I just want to, I want to stay on this for a second. It's basically saying, Hey, I'm available here and they can decide, you know, if they want to yeah. give you a call back or not. And I think that's where the power is at. Yeah. I think you, it's like, again, I what I tell people, it's like, you need to put yourself out there. You need to create those opportunities for yourself. They're not like just land on your lap. You have to be out there hustling and putting yourself out there and telling people what you want. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Not to tell people what your goals are and what you want, what you're willing to do to get there. Because if you never do it, like no one's going to know. Like, you're right. You could just be at the say, and I don't know, say maybe as an assistant, for example, you're at the office. If you never communicate that you actually want to be an editor, people could think, oh, you know what? He's, he's cool with assisting, for example, and that's fine. So I, and it's always just kind of putting yourself out there and your, your, your needs, your wants, um, and not being, you know, intimidated or, or feel like, you know, you, you can't speak up, you know, and yeah. I think it's good. I think people will respect you more yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're all, in the, we're all in the same boat, you know, like I said, everyone's looking for someone else to inspire them, to give them new ideas for that so that they can go to their bosses and get promoted. And, you know, we're all part of the same ecosystem. It's not like, it's not different for people, you know, it's the same for me as it is for Tootie, as it is for Davey Dave, as it is for you, Joaquin. And I think uh, that's the power of having these podcasts and this conversation is that you need to be able to just say it matter of factly. And if you get turned down, then it's not the end of the world. You're going to ask someone else and someone else is going to find you important. Tell me about your work on Narcos, though. Do you have to consult with other editors about other episodes and what's happening or do you just do your own thing? Well, this season, yeah, I'm doing multiple episodes. And uh, but, you know, we're it's a total of four editors. And, you know, there's 10 episodes a season. Basically, what happens is like, you know, I get the script. Say if I'm doing episode four, I will read. I mean, I'll start from the beginning, right? Because you got to know mm-hmm. what is what's going on, what's going on, you know, with the story. And so I'm always reading the scripts as, as they come out. I am communicating with, you know, it's different now. Obviously, working from home, uh, it used to be cool at the office. What I liked about going to the office was that I could just go into another editor's room where they could come into mine and we could kind of share our work ask, Hey man, what do you think of this cut? What do you think of the scene? Uh, that was great. So it's, it's different now. Yeah. I can still do it, but it's a different way of working. But, um, for the most part, I, I focus more on my episode. Um, and I just read other scripts from, you know, from other episodes and yeah, I think everyone does kind of their own thing. Yeah. But you have you to know? know, you have to know the other scripts so that you know what's coming and how it's working. So that's pretty cool that you do that. That's, that's, uh, yeah. yeah. Because awesome. like, you know, you might have like something like some, uh, storyline happening that started say in the previous episode. Right. And so, yeah, you know, you kind of got, got to know what's what's going on. 
So Joaquin, you're from you're from Tijuana, and I know some of the episodes take place. Like, were, do you remember those times? Because I was hanging out in Tijuana back in like the '90s, so I know of those episodes, like the reality of it. Is I mean, it, yeah. <laughs> so you're really coming from like a first person viewpoint of like you were you probably were at Baby Rock, maybe. I mean, I don't know. Oh, how yeah. So you know what I mean? Like when those things were going down around you. Wow, that's pretty pretty crazy to be cutting that then. It's bizarre, man. I still every every day I kind of like I really have to pinch myself, right? To be working on first of all, Narcos when I being that it was one of my favorite shows, and then when I learned that it the, was taking in place in Mexico and some parts in Tijuana, and yeah, I was I mean like I mean I used to I used to do like short films at home yeah. about like yeah Narcos and all that stuff, you know, and yeah. and so to now be doing this at this level was like crazy, but um. I, I got to say, though, even my first interview that time when I, when I told you about going uh, to talk to this producer, I think one of the things that kind of, you know, uh, gave me that opportunity, you know, when he was kind of telling me what the story was going to be about. I'm like, yeah, I grew up in Tijuana. I was at Baby Rock. I was, you know, we all knew friends of friends yeah. that were yeah. involved in stuff. And, uh, you know, I knew all the names and, you know, because as you do, because you're, you're here, yeah. right? You live, you live in Tijuana. You, you know what's going on. It's, just, it's, it's, it's around you, right? You're not participating in it, but it's can't avoid it like roberts was saying like by you sending him that email where you thought oh i'm gonna send it anyways what's the worst that could happen you did him a favor he didn't do you a favor by you coming on board and cutting this show for him you knew firsthand what was happening around there because you lived through it oh yeah i mean it became even i think it was like the first season or whatever they were doing um some aerial shots i think of uh playas de tijuana and they you know they would they would call me in and say hey was this like Tijuana? Did Tijuana look like this? Or place Tijuana look like this, say in the early 80s? And I could say, you know, yes or no, right? Yeah. All these questions. I mean, like, who know? Who's going to, who can you bring into the actual office and say, hey, man, look at this? Yeah. And tell me it's authentic yeah. or not, right? They quickly caught on to that. I mean, yeah. I mean, I just, I just, you know, obviously connected with the material and I just, you know, the, the language, obviously. I mean, I think, because, you know, you know, we get it's English and Spanish. So it's like I do a lot of the, you know, translating on the spot. I mean, obviously the, the, it goes through a show company that does translation, but I mean, like I, on the spot, I translate a lot. The producers come in, writers, what's he saying? I, you know, how would he say it? Yeah. Cause obviously you can't just translate literally, right? Directly. Like you have, there's slang. Yeah. There's slang, like how we speak in Tijuana, how you speak in Culiacan, how you speak in Guadalajara. I mean, it's all these little minor things, but, but they're not necessarily minor. I mean, like they're big. I mean, it's yeah. how it's part of the culture. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, that's a cool thing about, um, about shows that, insist on authenticity you know it's not not every producer does uh, i think narcos does a really great job of it so look congratulations on a congratulations no <laughs> congratulations on your career and uh on on getting to narcos because you know it took some bold moves by you to be noticed uh you showed up in los angeles with no contacts and you made your future happen, you know, by, uh, by being bold. And I think people need to be more bold about their lives. You know, they need to be out there. Also, you know, you were prepared, obviously, once you got the opportunity, you were yeah. talented and you knew what you were doing. So congratulations on all this stuff. I have one Thanks. question for you. When you mm -hmm. edit, what music do you use? Do you use music that's being composed or do you use music that is uh, from a library? Many things. I mean, uh, usually, for example, on a show and just in general, uh, on a show, say that's on its, that's already say on its second, third, fourth season, whatever, you'll usually have an access to the previous season's score. Uh -huh. So there's that, or there's also, for example, if you know, already know a composer that you're working with, 
you'll might use, you know, tracks from other shows or films that he's done, he or she has done, right? So you're at least kind of like using that musicians or a composer's work. Yeah. So that's for a score. And then like for anything else, like especially like in Narcos that uses a lot of, you know, source music, it's, it's big on music. We have obviously worked with a music supervisor where we're always uh, asking for options. Mm-hmm. Some stuff is uh, already, some songs are already written in the script. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like, hey, I think this song would be great here, right? Or mm-hmm. like our director will be like, hey man, like here's a list of songs, try them out. Yeah. That's, I love music. And I, I, to me, that's like one of my favorite parts of it is, is scoring stuff. So, they're provide, so they provide you with uh, bins of, of music that you can use for certain scenes. The only reason I ask is because on our show, we get sponsored by a company called extrememusic.com. They're a big music library from Sony. Uh, Rod's used it in his movies. I've used it in my television shows, my movies, and it's pretty amazing. So, um, but I was just wondering if you if you had ever used the library before and what you do because. Uh, but it makes sense that there would be uh, composed music that was put into you know a bin that you could then access. Yeah, I've used library music before in other projects, and I would say that this is what I just described is more for like the scripted TV world and and feature films, right? But other, yeah, other stuff I've worked on, uh, we would have like a yeah, library of music for sure. That's awesome. Well, check yeah. out extrememusic.com if you get a chance. Yeah, it's cool. Sure. What do you got coming up besides Narcos? Has, I mean, I'm sure that's really helped you. You know, you've been getting, have you been getting hit up for other, other gigs and films? Yeah, or? what's next? Uh, well, yeah, no, I mean, I like, you know, that's the thing, you know, about being a, a freelancer, you always got to, you know, look out for the next thing. It's, it's, it's a grind that never yeah. stops. I kind of always, what I do is kind of when I know my rap date, when I know I'm going to finish, you know, kind of a couple months out, I start sending out emails, yeah. reaching out to people, kind of saying, hey, you know, I'm working on this. I'll be done, th- you know, this month or whatever. And kind of leave it at that, you know. But you also have your, ho- the, the mentoring. Yes. HollywoodEditingMentor.com. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's a, it's a mentorship program for aspiring editors. So uh, people who are looking to get into post-production, not necessarily only in scripted TV or feature films, but just you know, post-production in general. I've been doing this for almost 20 years. So, you know, it just kind of help people kind of learn more about post-production and what they can do to either say break in or to kind of advance their careers in post-production. How do they find you for that? Uh, well, it's a HollywoodEditingMentor.com. You know, it's something that I, I uh, started by myself during the pandemic. I was just kind of, you know, we were put on hold. We were shooting, you know, Narcos, uh, next season of Narcos. And, you know, due to the pandemic, you know, it took like six months off. And so I decided to create this program uh, cool. because, you know, I felt I had time to do something to help yeah. out the community. That's terrific that you give back. Well, look, congratulations on your career. And uh, hopefully you come back and uh, see us again sometime. We'll have some tequila. Next time we'll do it in person. Uh, well, yeah, I'll be prepared next time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Thank you so much. All right, Joaquin. Hey, Good talking to you. Likewise. Yeah, Joaquin's interesting, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, what I, what I like about him, he, he has that independent spirit. You know, a lot of us are in that boat, you know, that you don't know what to do. You don't know who to contact. You have zero contacts. You just don't know how you're going to do it. And I don't know, you know, it's funny that he, that he was talking about applying for jobs at Netflix, you know, and just trying to kind of get in that way and sending your resume. And, and eventually he got the call, right? So he sends a resume for an assistant. He sends a resume for an editor. And then someone remembered his resume and called him up and said, Hey, I know you've applied for these other positions, but would you be interested in supervisor? And he just took the job and, and it changed his life. So, I mean, it's a lot to learn from that. You know, you got, you got to get out there. You got to do what you got to do. Can't stay quiet. Yeah. And and you've got to, uh, once you get inside, put your head down, do your job, but also take an opportunity. Hey, I'm looking for people. Hey, what about me? 
<laughs> That's what happened there. He said, what about me? To edit on that show yeah. and being from that city. That's pretty yeah, amazing. Yeah, that's cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like in him, hey, what's nobody, so, the other thing that's great you know? about him is that he, um, he's given back. He's like, uh, he's mentoring people. That's remarkable. Good for him, man. You know, look, the holidays are here. You, you have, you have Christmas gifts for your kids and you have for your girlfriend. You Are you guys all set? Yeah. Yeah. Really? For my puppy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We do everything Amazon. Oh dude, you're buying into the, Technicity. I know, but what am I supposed to do? What am I? Supposed, <laughs> that's my wife. She just orders. Yeah, but what about you? What, are you, are you, you have all your gifts set for your kids and your wife, or does she do that too? We kind of go through like we, like my oldest son is like the perfect kid, so we're really hooking him up. I hook oh, him up as much as I nice. can. Yeah. He really, he really helps out a lot. All right. More importantly, what's happening with? Made in Mexico. Made in Mexico. Did you, did you read the contracts? I sent them your way. I did. Oh, Good wow. job. Good yeah, job on right? them. Good nice. job on them. Did my LSE. Talked to Walter Bat. Love it. Um, I love ready it. Ready to go. But yeah. I heard from Rich that Uh-oh. you guys are fast tracking this thing to yeah. get it uh, distributed. Warp speed. Yeah. Yeah. Because warp speed. <laughs> um, yeah. Wiser needs to get it up on Sonify. Yeah. That's going to be great, dude. Yeah. I'm excited for that. See, well, here's the thing. He either saying like, let's do it before the end of the year or let's do it. Let's wait till Cinco de Mayo because, but I'm like, that's too far. So let's just do first of the year. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're going to do first of the year. Yeah, it's going to be up first of the year. And people will be, people yeah. be uh, traveling and doing their thing. And then it'll be in there when yeah. Cinco de Mayo rolls around. I mean, he's yeah. going to leave it in there as long as it needs to be in there. Right. I, I think we're going to do like three, three months or six months or something. Then maybe you got to think about it. I don't know. Let's think, let's talk about it offline. Hey, thank you for being here on let's get into entertainment. Thank you for listening. Thank you guys. Uh, happy holidays. Happy holidays. holidays. Hold on. Do you put up your Christmas tree yet? This is very important. When do you, do you wait after Thanksgiving? I do. Uh, it, it is after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Technically. Some people do it after Halloween. Yeah. Right? I do it the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah. So it's like, that's like me yeah, too. So Robert. it's up. Yeah, I want to do that. I want to get it up for the kids so that we have a nice long time. Do you go fake or real? Uh, I go real. Do you go chop it down or just? I we chopped it down this year. Nice. That's what we do. I go to Home Depot, bro. You go to Home Depot. <laughs> you know, there's there's trees at Ralph's too. Yeah. Right? I mean, right right right. Give me that one right <laughs> there. Go down the corner right here. <laughs> Hurry up! I gotta go. Yeah, Give yeah. me that one right there. Well, um, happy holidays to you guys. Thanks for being here, and let's keep the inspiration going into 2021. That's right. And you know, thanks guys. See you next time on Let's Get Into Entertainment. <laughs> the business of entertainment. The wait is over. New episodes of The Walking Dead Season 10 are premiering early February 21st on AMC+. Don't miss the extended 10th season featuring six new episodes, each focused on fan-favorite characters. Prepare for all new high-stakes showdowns and emotional reckonings by catching up on the latest season before new episodes drop. With season binges, exclusive content, and early access to new episodes, the best Walking Dead experience is only on AMC+. Get lost in the Walking Dead universe today. Available ad-free and on demand. Sign up at amcplus.com. AMC+, only the good stuff.